It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. This is Lighthouse Faith Podcast, moving forward in truth and love. I'm Lauren Green, Chief Religion Correspondent for Fox News Channel and author of the book, Lighthouse Faith. Critical race theory and the woke ideology is on a collision course with Christianity. And, and that's a quote from an article in the National Catholic Register titled, Woke Catholic Schools Offer Poison in Place of the Gospel. Now, the article is written by author Noel Maring, who, along with many other Christian leaders, is sounding the alarm about the current cultural trend to combat racism um, that's now invading Catholic schools and Christianity in general. In the article, Noel says, critical race theory um, on the surface seems like a benevolent movement to combat an evil, but in reality assaults Christianity in three specific ways. One, the rejection of the person. The ideology supersedes the growth of an individual and parents really become a threat in this mission. Two, rejection of reason. Woke education replaces critical thinking, you know, which becomes, which welcomes dialogue. Critical thinking welcomes dialogue to find truth, but critical theory aims for power, not truth. And three, rejection of reverence. While the church defines a person in relationship to God, the woke defines the person to the evil of society, defined as a victim, perpetrator, or a combination of both. This is heavy stuff. Uh, Noelle Maring expands on the woke ideology in her book, Awake, Not Woke, and she joins me now. Noelle, thank you so much for for being on uh, Lighthouse Faith um, podcast. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. You know, the article focuses on a Catholic school in a Chicago suburb, but but is it happening at other Catholic schools as well? It is. Interestingly, since the article was published, I've I've had a few different parents from around the country reach out saying, this is actually happening at my Catholic school as well. What do I do? Uh, and so, yeah, I think it's it's more pervasive than we might have supposed before. And even some of the parents at Loyola have told me that at the, the they're hearing from uh, parents around town that at their grammar school this is happening. So, um, yeah. Wow. So, I it, I don't think that we can be too complacent and, and really need to be involved and aware of what's going on. And can we blame the Jesuits for this at all? <laughs> of course, that's a joke. But I mean. Yeah, it's it's in some ways it, 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 you know, it's not that surprising, but. Uh, but but yeah, but it's still and the parents are deeply loyal to the school Loyola. It's been it's multi-generational families and they're really they're mm-hmm. really upset about this and just saddened, I think, because they don't they want the school to be strong and good and the community to be tight knit and, and unified. Um, so this has been a real hardship for them. And these parents are really fairly progressive. We're not talking about uber conservatives or anything like that, right? Well, it's actually a real mix, and and that was one of the things that they that they were they said that has always been okay in the past. That there has been a wide variety of uh, across the political spectrum, um, but the, but the people that are there there are a couple of different minds. So there are some parents who are very much behind and supportive of the movement towards the woke ideology. Um, but the parents who are, you know, unif- upset about it are, they are politically diverse. So th- it's across the board. I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. call it an extremely conservative school by any means. Um, I think that it is really a, 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 a diverse political spectrum. Mm-hmm. What is 
for a lot of people who don't know, they hear the term, but what is woke ideology? What does it mean? So the simplest way to define woke ideology is just that it is a, a, a state of being alert and attuned to the pervasive layers of oppression in society uh, along the lines of race, gender, sexuality. Um, and it, it stems originally um, uh, with regard to racism, but um, but it has since broadened to, to include uh, you know sexual all these sexual the sexual and gender differences, um, and I contrast that with being awake in the sense that I think what wokeness does is it starts with partial truths. There are real injustices, <clears throat> you know. There are there are things that that need that we need to be aware of and we need to fight against. But it totalizes a partial truth and inserts all these sort of distortions into it. Um, uh, that I go into the book, and it really it becomes a sort of a replacement religion for Christianity. That accusation before about it becoming a religion in itself, and one of the things that really is very disturbing, you talk about a video recording um, in one of the diversity training sessions, and a student asks the consultant what he thinks of the phrase ACAB, which I did not know what it was. I mean, I'm a black person, and I, don't, I just didn't know what it was. Uh, and it, it means all cops are bastards. Now, why would you include that kind of phrase and 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 phraseology in a diversity training class in a school? Yeah, th- I mean that was a fascinating exchange to me. And actually, a student asked him. It was like, during the Q and A, and she said, "What do you think about the phrase ACAB?" And he, and and she explained what it meant. And he said he he immediately said, "Well, you know what what people do is they take that make the mistake of taking that personally." We're asking structural questions, um, and he said. And once you understand that, that that this is they're coming that we are coming from you know a place of anger, then we can start to engage the source of anger. In other words, the the police again. Um, well, what's fascinating uh-huh, to me uh-huh. is about it is that you know the plain meaning of that phrase, "all cops are bastards." Everyone knows what that means. It is something personal, <laughs> you know. And I, I said in the article, I mean, I would take yeah. it personally if that. I said, <laughs> You know, I mean, if somebody said all journalists are that, I said, like, well, no, they're not. Right, exactly. Everyone. But but I think this is a tactic of the ideology is that it's it's trying to say you can't even interpret plain language correctly. You actually need to interpret, interpret it ideologically. And so you can't trust your own understanding of language and even reality itself. It's really fundamentally operates on a lot of confusion and disorienting you from the, the things that seem plain and true. You know, I thought it was very interesting. You talk about, um, you relate it to this sort of Munchausen uh, syndrome by proxy, which is, well, explain what that is, because I think you'll, you'll explain it much better. I mean, I've seen it on, you know, TV and, and, and shows, but explain exactly what Munchausen's, Munchausen syndrome actually sure. is. Sure. Yeah, it's a mental disorder. It was introduced to the popular culture, I think, or for to me, at least, in the movie The Sixth Sense, where there's a daughter who has, she's she's died, and she gives a videotape to hate the the, the boy in the movie to give to her father at the wake. And, and the father watches this video, and he sees his wife poisoning his daughter's food. And so it's a mental disorder where a caretaker, oftentimes a mother, um, will cause and create symptoms in her child. Um, and, you know, and it, 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 you know, they say that part, a lot, part of it is that it, she gets a lot of attention. She kind of becomes powerful. She becomes the one who's compassionate. She gets to be in the role of the sympathetic mother. Um, but really, the child isn't sick. But through the course of this mental illness, the child becomes sick. 
Um, and, and I think it's a, an analogy for what's happening with the ideology is that, you know, the school of Loyola, the kids were dear friends. I mean, from the accounts that I'm hearing from parents that, you know, I'm, I'm sure it was not a perfect situation, but it was a racially, economically diverse school, but they were tight knit. The coaches, you know, they talk about the sports teams. The coaches just took, they treated the kids like they were their own kids and took care of everyone. And the parents uh-huh. were very um, in, involved and invested. Um, and since this has started, the escalation of this ideology, the kids are looking at each other now with suspicion. Um, they don't, you know, there's a, a rupture of trust. They're sort of seeing each other now in a new way. And, um, you know, some kids talk about, I didn't, you know, one working class kid was saying that I, I didn't realize that I was an oppressor. Um, you know, and some of the, his peers are in multi-million dollar homes, you know, so it's not, it's, it's, it's just a bizarre um, new thing to introduce that's utterly divisive. Um, and and it, it's not that it was, you know, I'm sure it was not a perfect environment, but it really, the, the, uh, the ideology really yeah. creates a lot of suspicion in people um, and, and, and distrust. I mean, one of the things that's really very disturbing, though, to me was the fact that they would discount your parents. They would actually ask you, ask the children in the school to not listen to their parents, what their parents may say. And to me, that sounds very much like the Third Reich. Yeah, yeah. So that was one of the things. It, pre, it was preemptive. It was the beginning of the year before any of the parents were really concerned about this, I believe. Um, and in that that same video, he said, you know, once you start, you have to know, once you start fighting for justice, the community of Wilmette is going to come after you. Your parents are going to, you know, parents are going to come after you. And the parents really found it very chilling. They thought, why are we being portrayed as antagonists to our children? This is so bizarre. Um, but I think that that's the difference, right? Is that, you know, in a, in a healthy education system, schools and parents are in partnership. They want the good of the kid. Um, I think with this woke ideology, they want, they want power. It's not about, um, the flourishing of the individual so much as it is promotion of the continual, uh, continuing this ideology. And so they sense that the parents are going to know that this is not in the good, good, the best interest of their individual child. It's for the sake of something else. Um, and so they're going to be at odds. It introduces uh-huh. a lot of chaos into the community. Well, but why would the Catholic school bring in outside sort of people to 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 do this these diversity training um, classes for the kids? And, and as I understand it, they actually separated them. They segregated them according to color. Uh, they had. Yeah, I think that was in a class setting um, that they did a privilege thing, uh, you know, where they 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 were segregated according to color. It wasn't in that video, but um, I I can't speculate really on the motives. But uh, you know, they I just think that there's a lot of people, probably goodwill too, who have utterly bought into this, um, you know, and 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 Mm -hmm. and it's hard. That's what's confusing is that you know there are the true ideologues who know this is about power. This leads to revolution. All of these things they know the implications. But I think, you know, our neighbor down the street who's woke, you know, she she just thinks that this means I support justice and I support good things. I don't want, you know, I'm against racism, all these things that are good um, and, and don't see the full yeah. consequences and what the the principles, the inner logic of the movement imply. Um, and so I don't know how much what I, I can't speculate on the administrators or the president of the school, what they how much they understand. But I do think that it is far more accepted. This ideology is there's a is far more pervasive than I think we think. Um, in corporations, in the church, in our schools, um, you know, they've they've spent decades creeping into all institutions of power, and it's it's been effective. 
Yeah, yeah. We're going to take a break right now here on Lighthouse Faith Podcast. We'll come back talking with Noelle Maring about this whole idea of woke ideology infiltrating into the Catholic Church and the Christian Church and the poison that it brings. Really, it's against the gospel. We'll be right back. Fox News Radio On Demand on the Fox News app. Download the app and just click listen. When you swipe left, you can listen to your favorite Fox News talk shows live. Swipe right for the latest Fox News Radio newscasts on demand. Fox News Radio on the Fox News app. Download it today. Okay, we're back um, on Lighthouse Faith Podcast talking with Noelle Maring about the sort of the poison of the woke ideology. And one of the things, um, Noelle, you wrote um, in the the article in the National um, Catholic Register was that that the the critical theory and critical race theory and woke ideology it's all kind of the same sort of you know alphabet soup in terms of you know the crt and you know that kind of thing um is that it assaults the church in three fundamental ways and the first is the rejection of the person how does it do that yes so the, so the the first way is it, it it elevates the group over the person um, so persons become totems of a group. They're reduced to being a representative of, of that group. And I think we can really see that in the sense that, um, you know, in, for, for example, in the fa- life of the family, that the, a person is named, loved, known, irreplaceable. <clears throat> in the life of the ideology, a person is only valued insofar as she furthers that ideology. So, for example, at the Women's March in 2017, there were a group of pro-life feminists who were not allowed to be have any official ident- um, uh, affiliation with the march um, because they mm-hmm. were pro-life, even though they supported everything else. So, you know, it was, in other words, it wasn't about supporting you as a woman. These were women. It was about supporting, is about understanding that unless you are fighting your oppression, which is at the definition of your being, you are somehow less of a woman than, than you should be. So there's something fundamental about your womanhood yeah. that you're missing. So they're defining a, each person based on oppression, which means that if it's not about having a membership in that group, it's not being I'm a woman too, <clears throat> or I'm a black person too, if I'm conservative, it is about, are you uh-huh. furthering the ideology? So you're reduced in that way. Um, and I, I think it's very dehumanizing in that way. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen that a lot with black people, you know, and especially like Vodibach and some other conservatives, and they basically dismiss them as not really being right. black or not really having the black experience experience as if there's only one experience you can have as a right. black person or a right. woman or an Asian, um, anybody. Um, the second one is the rejection of reason. How does it reject reason? So I think that, that we have to understand that critical thinking, the classical liberal tradition of critical thinking invites disagreement, invites objections to our arguments. We want to know we, our aim is the truth. And so we want to counter and understand every possible objection in order to make sure that we're, actually open to arriving at the truth. The point of critical theory, in contrast, is power. So you you don't want to, if you, it's not a a point of arriving at the truth. So rather, if if your goal is power, what do you need to do with objections? You need to silence them. Uh, You know, and and that's very much written into the ideology. And um, there was a very important essay called Repressive Tolerance, which Marcusa wrote into, where he just basically says, we have to silence the hegemonic you know, the normal normative voice, that voice needs to be silenced in order to to mm. revolt against it. it. This is very Nietzsche. It's very, you know, like the will to power. Mm. And it's just, it, it, it's such a, it's so based on the, the real foundational sin in, in the human spirit. I mean, it really is. And, and yet, because people aren't trained in theology, because people don't go to church anymore, they don't recognize this as really a very negative right. thing. 
Right, you know? right. Yeah, no, I think it, it, I think it's really it, it, it's the idea that our will is more important than our reason or our nature. You know that we can, and I think we see that a lot in the transgender movement. That it's I can trans I can transcend even my own body, even bodily reality. You know that's tied into it too. Reason and nature are very closely connected. But you see that again and again that with re- this revolutionary movement, they're always trying to say that there's no stable human nature. And that's very disabling. And it's and it's like it's, it's just the beginning of absolute anarchy. Yeah. Um, when you actually destabilize the most foundational things in, in our in, as human beings. Now, the third thing you talk about is the rejection of reverence, um, and you, I see this so much in the sort of dystopian, you know, mindset of all the films, um, movies, I mean, films and movies, TV shows, um, a lot of stuff out there. But rejection of rever- reverence. How does the woke ideology? actually reject reverence. Right. So it's really a rejection of, you know, authority in ge- the cons, even the concept of authority. So, uh, it, you know, as we were talking about before that the def- we, as Christians, we define ourselves in uh, re- directly in relationship to the love of God. The woke define themselves in re- relationship to the hatred of society. So, um, so there, there, there becomes nothing to reverence. There only becomes something to resent. And implies two very different missions. So the the mission of the gospel is, you know, to know, love, and serve God and spread the good news. The mission of the woke ideology is to know yourself to be either hated or a hater and to spread the bad news to other people that they are hated and they are, you know, rather than that the fact that they are loved. Um, so it's a very, it's really much a message of despair uh, without anything to reverence because there's nothing higher than ourselves. There only is systems of power. And the only way to write that in their, you know, according to the ideology is to reverse the power structure. So you have to resolve power by gaining power. It's dominance meets dominance. It's, it's, it really becomes a brutal fight to the end um, uh, with nothing above it. You know, no, there's nothing to honor, nothing to reverence. Yeah, it, it, it shows you what happens when something besides God is your fundamental trust. When, when your race or your gender or, you know, anything else, but let's focus on race, becomes your fundamental trust. That is, in a sense, your God. And so it changes everything else and every focus in your life if that becomes your God. Because now your God doesn't have room for mercy. Your, your God doesn't have room for redemption or forgiveness. That's just not what it's made for. Yeah. So what? So it is basically another a false idol operating the go- operating against the gospel, right? Absolutely. And yeah, I've I, I've said that several times that there, there's just a mercilessness to this. You know, it re- it really is. There there's no room for mercy, and 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 that's what the the great irony is that you know justice and mercy are supposed to work in concert. You know, the virtues are never in, opposed to each other, but in the social justice yeah. movement mercy is, is, is sort of the enemy because it allows, um, it allows dominance to come into the, into play. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's really, it's really a cynical, cynical ideology. You know, the, the tagline for this podcast is moving forward in truth and love. And the reason being is that only the gospel really can put those two things together. You know, it, truth and love, they seem to be miles apart, but in the gospel, they are brought together as one. And that's why it's important. One of the things that is um, disturbing about this within like a Catholic school is that why wouldn't 
the parents or the school teach the sin of racism through the gospel of Jesus Christ, to know what the scriptures say about how we treat our fellow image bearers. Why isn't that the focus instead of bringing in these outside folks to talk about critical race theory and in the in woke ideology? Yeah, it's a great question. And that that was one of the recurring questions the parents had is that they, you know, they really started looking back. What do the encyclicals say? And what, do, what does our church say? What does the gospel say? And time and again, they came up with, you know, Bible verses and statements from popes, all these things that said, you know, we condemn racism utterly. You know, the human person is dignity. The social teaching of the church is was radical at its time. You know, we there were there was a rare far for many brutal cultures where the church Christianity brought this understanding that human beings have inherent dignity. Um, so the parents kept wondering, what does this add to? What does this add to our school? What does this add to what we already have in the Christian faith? And you know, it fundamentally doesn't add to it. It assaults it. And that's why the school couldn't answer that question as, as far as what, what, what was this, what was this adding? Um, because it really is an assault on it. It, it, they cannot coexist. Woke ideology cannot coexist with Christianity because it ultimately is targeting God himself. Um, and I go into my book about how, you know, the three distortions, the rejection of the person, rejection of reason, rejection of authority, those are the three characteristics of the logos. The logos is the mind, the reason of God, manifest the person mm -hmm. of Jesus Christ, who is the author and authority over all. So really the logos, I think, is the ultimate target of this movement. It is a movement of revolution ultimately targeted against him. And I think we saw that with the, um, the you know, the, the destruction of statues, that it wasn't just about, you know, certain historical figures. There was wide and pervasive destruction of statues of Mary, of Jesus, you know, at churches. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think it's because it wasn't about the statue. It was about not wanting to reverence the idea that there is, um, you know, a God and that there, there is something above us in, in general. Um, so what the school is bringing in introducing this, I, I have no idea what they're thinking and why they think this is good. I just think that maybe it's just become so it's so seized the minds of so many people that this is how you have to approach justice. And the only way you can approach justice that I don't think they maybe they don't see how irreconcilable it is. Mm, what is what really is the solution? I mean, if you're a parent listening to this, what what would you advise them to do? Yeah, well, so. I, my personally, I think that if the school is intractable, if they're not willing to work with the parents, then you have to pull your kids out. I don't think that this is, you know, I say, you know, with the Munchausen by proxy analogy, if you, you know, you can try to sue the caretaker or, you know, take to task the doctors or whomever is contributing to the poison. But your first obligation is to take the, get the poison out of your kid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So right, my advice right. to parents is yeah. to get out. Yeah, one of the things that's very apparent about evil, I and mean, a lot of people don't believe this in evil or or spiritual evil, um, and especially in the secular world. But I'm just going to focus on the Catholic Church and 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 Christianity in general. Is that there there is evil in this world, and most and the evil that really does the most harm is when the evil is made to be looked is is good. Right. When it's made to be good, you know, Isaiah talked about woe to those who make evil good and good evil. And you're saying, you know, we don't like racism. Racism is bad. But the cure that the woke ideology really presents is worse than the sickness um, in many ways. Yeah. 
Is that that's what you're absolutely saying? right, and it you know it, it actually is a, a different form of racism. It's you know it's it's so diminishing to to black people. You know, I, I don't know if you've seen that there have been you know that Smithsonian chart, and there have been several other instances. Some diversity trainers in New York City public schools, where they say you know being on time is a white virtue, hard work is a white virtue, rational thought is mm. a white virtue. You know th- these are incredibly racist and offensive things to say. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just bizarre that we're going into it. Oh my gosh. It's, it's like, we're back to like 1800s or something like that. When you're talking about, you know, traits of blacks and whites and things like that, you know, blacks are three fifths human. Why don't you just yeah. say, you know, it's incredibly, goodness. incredibly racist. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. And the, but I think you're absolutely right that it, it's under, it, it's so done under the guise of something that is good um, that I think people, you know, are deluded by that. But the, the more we can have clarity on what's happening. And the thing that's interesting too, is that, you know, this, the churches that are embracing this, I do think they're, they are, they are um, not going to flourish, you know, that there is the true faith, yeah. authentic gospel teaching, authentic church teaching. These are the things that animate a life with Christ, you know? And so that the, this ideology, once it starts seeping into the church, it really replaces Christ because he's the target. And so um, the, these movements, these churches that are embracing this, they cannot flourish, you know, ultimately. They might seem like it temporarily, but, um, you know, we, we really have victory on the side of truth. Um, and as you said, truth is, and love are not opposed to each other. And so we cannot, you know, we, to separate those things is to make a mockery of each. You know, the love without truth is unloving and truth without love is, uh, you know, a lie. Um, so we have to have yeah. the fullness of truth. And that's what I think is, you know, the concept of being awake is seeing, thinking with the fullness of reality. You know, um, I'm just going to give uh, people just a couple of verses that really, that you go to in the Bible. And there are many more that talk about justice, about, uh, talk about, you know, uh, against racism, but Romans, uh, 2.11 talks about God does not show favoritism. Um, and it talks in Romans 5.12, it says sin entered the world through one man and death through sin. And in this way, death became to all people because all sinned. And it's like, we are all sinners. Um, and it, you know, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God um, and justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And then of course, Galatians 3.28, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor there's male or female for all are one in Christ Jesus. And, you know, and then, of course, in Revelation 7, 9 through 10, and it talks about um, of the great multitude um, that, no, uh, that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, um, saying salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb. You know, this is God acknowledges our diversity, loves our diversity, but is not saying, but we're using our diverse natures or diverse races to actually become a weapon against each other. And that is so very much anti-Christian. Um, and the only way you can make that statement that, you know, somehow, you know, we can have this woke ideology and Christianity is to supplant one with the other. I think that's absolutely right. Yeah. You, you know? become a weapon because it's built, your moral stature is gained by accusation. So the more you find perpetrators outside of yourself, the more you gain in moral stature, whereas the faith is ab- absolutely opposite. We have to know we are a sinner. We have to look internally and see that we are a sinner in order to know our need for a savior. And if if we don't see our need, we will not see our see, we will not know our savior. Um, we won't because we won't feel a need for him. Um, but this ideology instead reverses yeah. that and makes you find your personal virtue and you know your your moral stature through accusation. And, and what is the devil? The devil is the great accuser. 
You know, the, the devil wants to look at yeah. everything going wrong and see it as being everyone else's fault. That's what he wants us to do. He wants us to grow in resentment um, and, and rage, all of these things. Um, and so, and I think the Lord wants the exact opposite, right? He wants healing. He wants unity. Um, but right. right. That's why his word says, vengeance is mine, said yeah. the Lord. You know, you're not called to take vengeance. I, you know, he can make the right judgment as to what someone deserves, not us. So we're called to forgive. We're called to give our enemy food and shelter and all of those things. Um, and the one thing that's really disturbing about this is that none of us really realizes the depths of our own sin. Um, and things that we think are default mode reactions, our right reactions, our emotional reactions, these are act- can be actual sins, many of them, most of them, actually. Yeah. Um, and I think that what the woke ideology and CRT have done is sort of institutionalized those emotional reactions to what's That's out there. Great uh, it's not to say that it's not to say that these racism doesn't exist. Right. It's not to say that anything. It doesn't say it doesn't even even say that it's not that that it's not a bad thing. Sin, racism is a bad right. thing. Right. But when yeah, I mean. Uh, I'm going to leave you with the last words because I'm getting very angry about this, what they're doing to the church and why people in the church do not understand how these two things cannot coexist. I love what you said about it institutionalizes it. And and I think that that is really a a good way to put it. It institutionalizes this. We are the human inability. It's very challenging humanly to look at ourselves with honesty and to see where we have fallen short. But that is the, the road to humility. We have to do that. That's the real hard work. Talk about doing the work. And, and they, they really reverse it. They say doing the work is actually looking at where you've fallen short, not according to our Lord and your generosity or love, but according to ideology and looking at where, what, where other people have hurt you. Um, and it really, it makes, yeah. it's a deeply unper- impersonal, inhuman, and, and really will crowd out any possibility of our understanding for our need for our Lord. Yeah. You know, forgiveness is difficult. It's not just difficult. That doesn't even begin to understand what forgiveness is. It is the most, can be very painful. In fact, someone described it as self-imposed suffering, Mm -hmm. but it is so difficult. Otherwise, God wouldn't have to die on a cross in order to Mm -hmm. forgive us. That's how difficult it is. Um, You just don't forgive. Justice has to be done. But it's a justice that is doable because God has forgiven. When we understand what that cross means and the depths of our sin, but also the incredible love that God gives us, mm. is it should change us, should transform us. That's the gospel. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah, and I think I think one of the things I come, keep coming back to is that we, you know, He teaches us how to suffer well. You know, patience means suffering well, and we don't know how to suffer well, and so we suffer loudly now. You know, we see real yes. suffering, and we don't know how to deal with it because we don't have an architecture of meaning in our lives. It's dismantled any architecture of meaning, and so our suffering becomes a scream and becomes rage. Um, and it's, it's. I think we need a lot of healing. We, we need to be able to identify the, these lies and point them out and resist them in order to get to that road of healing. Yeah, I think a lot of people are sort of struggling for to find a grand narrative for their right. lives. And so race is the one thing you can kind of do yeah. as the grand narrative, but it's I think it's it's gonna fall very short yeah. of giving people what they really need. Um, Noelle Maring, I want to uh 
thank you for being on Lighthouse Faith Podcast. And the article, Woke Catholic Schools Offer Poison in Place of the Gospel, is, um, is at the National Catholic Register. You can find it online. But also your book, Awake, Not Woke, um, they should probably um, get a hold of that as well because it really explains what's going on in today's Catholic schools and in, um, you know, and Christianity in general. Thank you so it's much. It's wonderful to be here. Thanks so much. And thank you all for listening to Lighthouse Faith Podcast. I'm Lauren Green. Have a wonderfully blessed day. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.